ritual banquet We call upon our sacred ancestors to come in So in, so in We call upon our kin We call upon our dear departed loved ones to come in Good afternoon, Rising Phoenixes and Healing Warriors. Thank you so much for joining me 
on this amazing special for Sawin. Um, I know I started this video off just a little bit different. That was actually a song for Sawin by Lisa Faith. Feel, I'm sorry. That was my bad. It's Lisa Feel, um, her Sawin song. Such a beautiful singer. So in this special, I'm going to be going over history. I'm going to be giving you a little um, spookiness. I'm going to be giving you some of my stories. Um, um, I'm going to be giving you uh, techniques or what would you call rituals for I saw when. And then I'm going to be closing this amazing session with uh, guided meditation for past life regression. So I hope that you guys sit back, relax. At least, you know, you could be listening this to this in the car. At least, please, 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 before we get to the past life regression please get yourself somewhere comfortable somewhere safe because your life as well as everyone else's is so important i cannot stress that enough you are important otherwise we're gonna jump right in so Salwin is actually a pagan festival that originated from ancient Celtic spiritual tradition. It is normally celebrated um, October 31st to November 1st to welcome the dark half of the year. So we had spring and summer, which were our lights, and now we're just going into the darkness. And we got to have that little bit of yin with a little bit of yang, y'all. Um, so during this time, the physical realm and the spirit realm, um, collide. It's such a beauty because the veil is being lifted. Um, it's crazy how beautiful it is. Like for me as a medium I see a lot more than what I normally do I feel a lot more than I normally do and I absolutely love it it's beautiful um so the Celtics mark this holiday as the most significant of the four quarterly fire festivals that take place between fall equinox in the winter solstice. During this time, uh, hearth fires were actually burned in the family homes that were left to burn while the harvest was being gathered. After that harvest was actually gathered by the families, they would end up joining uh, Druid priests out in the community uh, to light an actual community fire using this this wheel that can cause friction and spark flame. 
the wheel represented the sun and was used with prayer. During this community gathering, cattle were being sacrificed, and families would take a flame back to their homes and relight the hearth that they had lit. You know, to me, that's so, so beautiful. So beautiful. Um, as I was saying, spookiness. Now, every time I think of folklores and monsters, I, I think of that song. Um, I mean, actually, it's the mu the movie, the musical Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know, not all monsters are like are, you know, zombies or. They're not crazy like that, but in this case, they are. Um, I'm just giving you my little two cents, but that's a whole different story, isn't it, y'all? <laughs> so, the Samhain monsters by uh, folklores that have come about are uh, actually due to the thinning of the veil. As I've said earlier, the thinning of the veil is, you know, when both of the physical and the spiritual realms just collide and people will see more, they're going to heal more, they're going to feel more, but that's okay, that's okay, you know, let them have this time of year. You know, they're not here for the rest of it. Let them have this time of year. Um, so, offerings were given to help steer, steer away, um, uh, I don't want to call them negative energies because they're, it's saying monsters, but, I mean, that's talking about fairies as well, but fairies, we will get into that here in a minute. So, um, offerings were being left outside of the villages, actually, and fields for fairies and sids. No, fairies, they help and they don't help. From what I've gathered through my years of looking into it, you know, like, yes, fairies can hide things and be trickery and, you know, like, it, it's, they like to do things, okay, y'all, but they also help. So, it depends, I guess, as to what fairy we're encountering. But in this case, they're considered monsters, considered bad. Um, ancestors were expected to cross over during this time. Um, I will be actually getting more into uh, ancestors here in a few. Because ancestors are such a huge thing. Um, 
I'll be telling you guys about, like I said, a little bit more about that, my, like, in my background, and what I've done to find my own ancestors. But my ancestors have been coming around a lot more, and they've been giving me good, valuable lessons that I've been learning right now. So at this time, if you're feeling like, oh, I can smell mom's perfume, or I can smell grandpa's cigar smoke. You know, that's them. I promise you, that is them. They're standing there and saying, hey, you know, I'm still watching over you. You know, they may be steering you into a whole thought pattern that you would have not believed would be possible. Uh, Yeah, so Celts would dress as animals and monsters, so fairies would not kidnap ancestors. Sounds like trick-or-treating, (laughs) y'all. Sounds like Halloween. Hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So there was other monsters besides some fairies. Um, I would definitely not consider our ancestors monsters. Even though, uh, you know, um, they might have done some really evil things, you know, in their lifetime. I would not consider them monsters, you know, because they form us. So I want to be clear on that. Ancestors, I don't consider monsters. The rest of this, what I'm talking about, I do. Um. So, there's actually a shape-shifting creature called Puka, uh, Puka, that receives harvest off- harvest offerings from the field. Now, there's also a headless woman in white that chases those who wander the streets at night. Ooh. And then there's one also. That you're it's a hairless horseman, y'all. Just being honest. Uh, so it's it says anyone that encountered a dolan or a hairless man on horse with eyes of flames would have an omen of death placed upon them. Remember in the sleepy hollow, I the headless horseman. That would be a Dolan. Um, I mean, look, he, that headless horseman wanted death upon that whole village. So, for uh, understanding Solomon, we, you know, Solomon, we need to really watch it. Um. And then there's also a group of hunters known as a fairy host that would kidnap people. Kind of like the sloth who would come from the west and enter homes and steal souls. Now, if I'm butchering these names, y'all, I do apologize. Like, please correct me. You know, send me an email of that. You know, correct me on it. Be like, hey, that's not how you say it. So I can better my own self. But 
you know, really uh, correct myself so later on in the future, you know, I, I can apologize. So as I'm saying right now, I do apologize if I'm butchering it. Just send me that email, okay? Um, now in the Middle Ages, one of my somewhat favorite time periods, no, it really is one of my favorite time periods, um, bonfires were called some, uh, salmon guns where most, more were like personal bonfires. And were used to protect against fairies and witches. You know, during the Middle Ages, there were the witch trials. And that was a really dark period. A very dark period. You know, I know I would have been hung. You know, so I'm so thankful for those that did pass. You know, they they did deserve it. I will be the first one to admit that they did not deserve what was handed to them. No, ma'am. No, sir. You know, I'm sorry you couldn't take a strong, independent person and be okay with that. Man, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, um, I, I study the craft. So, as a healer, that's one of my biggest things is I do study the craft. So, I definitely would have been like, huh, a bonfire? Can I join? <laughs> you know, and not be like, oh, it scares me away as a witch. Um, sorry if I'm getting off topic, y'all. Uh, carvings actually were presented in this time period. So, they used to carve tu turnips. Turnips. And it would have, like, it would be attached to a string or, and or a stick and embedded with coal, you know. Um, later on, I'm not exactly sure as to what dates now, I'm sorry about that, but later on the Irish switched these turnips. To pumpkin, which we still use to this day. Um, I know my boyfriend was just carving some yesterday. So, you know, it's still used, you guys. It's still used. How amazing is that? That it's actually still used. Oh, sorry, y'all. I got distracted. I could hear a morning dove. Uh, singing her sweet tune outside. So she's just, you know, saying good morning, good morning. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, so there was this thing called a dumb supper. Sounds weird. I know it does. Trust me. When I read that, I sat there, a dumb supper. Is this where, you know, we sit? Like, we set a table, and there's dumbasses all around us, and we sit there and say, hey, 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 tell me your stupidity. No, 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 that's, that's not what this is. 
no, no, no. I mean, that would be interesting. It reminds me of Dinner with the Smooks. Oh, was that movie? Dinner with the Smooks. But that's not this, you guys. That is not this. So, with this, it's actually a tradition where there's a feast um, joined by ancestors. And the celebrant, you know, celebrants would leave doors and windows open for the dead to come in and eat cakes that were left for them. Like they would come in and be like, "Hey, what's up, you guys? You know, um, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna eat some cakes and be happy and jolly, and that's what we do, right?" Um, children would entertain the spirits by playing games. And adults would tell the ancestors what has happened in their year since the last saw one. So it's definitely interesting to, you know, know that the ancestors play a big part of today. You know, um. I'll be talking about more about mine here in a few, like I said. And yeah, we'll break that down. Um so then there's the merging out of Halloween. So how and when did Halloween come about? Well we know the how. Now in the nineteenth century, um in America, we actually adopted um, Halloween as a tradition through the Irish immigrants, which to me that's you know that's really interesting. Um, mumming was the practice of putting on costumes, going door to door, and singing songs to the dead. Cakes were given as a payment. Now this turned into our modern trick or treating. Um, now we don't go door to door and sing. I, I would really like somebody to show up at my door and sing, you know, songs of the dead because that would be so cool. So cool. I'd sit there and be like, you want five bucks instead? You can go buy your cake. Mm-hmm. You know, like to me, it would just be really, really amazing to have witnessed, you know, what they did back in the 19th century. However, you know, trick-or-treaters, kids are adorable. Now, excuse me, I'm sorry, I just yawned. Um, I do, and I am curious as to when it became a child's holiday. Because it's really not a child's holiday, it's a family holiday. Um, if anyone knows, please email me. I would love to know that because it's kind of, you know, it makes me question, you know, we all get used to freaking passing out candy to all the kids, but I'm sorry, I'm 27 years old and I like me some free candy too. I will sing you the song about the day for free candy. Okay. (laughs) 
So it's definitely interesting. Um, all of that was actually found on history.com. Um, it's definitely a good place to actually be able to read and understand. Um, like I said, history. But I'm happy they had Salwin. Salwin's huge. Salwin's real. Um, so, me doing my research, I got into finding rituals to practice during Salwin. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I found these actually off of Gaia.com, which is a good place to go, in my opinion. They're very factual. They're very, um, they're just an amazing website to learn and really turn it into healing. Yeah, it's, it's great. Um, so the first one that I saw was a meditative nature walk. Now, nature walks are always in my opinion meditative even though let's face it y'all I don't go on many walks because you know like my brain would rather work my brain would rather do anything else I rather do yoga and I love yoga but I would rather do yoga I would rather pretend in my own home that I am singing and dancing around and putting on a concert y'all that's my meditative but for this sake uh meditative nature walks are great um when you're out there and you're walking hopefully it's not too cold out because like where I live it's super cold and I would not be walking outside no that's how you catch colds and I'm mm. Like I said, I'm not a big, like, let me go out for a walk type person. Should be, but I'm not. Um, but if you're in at least a nicer place, you know, a place that will have more um, scenery, more, more, you would say more beauty, but it is more beauty, but more uh, relaxed weather. Observe those colors around you. Look at those trees. Look at the reds. Look at the greens, the browns. Watch them morph, morph into that beauty. Um, smell the aroma in the air. Now, if you're living in the city and you're going to be sitting there and be like, what is that smell? It's probably either trash, I hate saying it like that, or someone's cooking, or, you know, it's something. But if you're actually out in, like, the woods, or you're out on a nature trail, then, yes, smell that scent in the air. Smell nature. It's so beautiful. So calming and relaxing. Um, as you're smelling that aroma just watch the seasons changing observe it like i said you know look at everything around you 
our animals are fixing go into hibernation. You know, some of them are here to stay, but some of them are sitting there like, okay, I need to um, collect nuts as a squirrel, or I need to eat up now, says the uh, bear, because they're about to sit there and, you know, want to go to sleep. Um, as you're walking, reflect on the circle of life and the beauty of death. Now, in my opinion, death is truly beautiful because it means rebirth, um, which is actually a huge part of nature. You know, think about how the year is in spring. We get it where it's you know it's starting to bloom it's starting to grow and then we get summer where it's like here i am look at me i'm so beautiful then we get forwards you know it's starting to become the end of life you know and then we have winter which not many plants survive in winter unless you're doing something right you know, um, unless you're truly taking care of them. So I think of it as definitely the life cycle where spring would be newborn. You know, that baby just got born. It's so cute. You know, um, then it starts growing and turning into summer, which would be maybe about my age. You know, it's, Got some life in it. It's teenager, 20, 30, 40, you know, 50. And then you get fall, which is your later 50s, your 60s, 70s. And then, like I said, winter, you have your death. But it's it's definitely beautiful. Um. The second one is make an altar. Um, make an altar with skulls, skeletons, grave rubbings, ghosts, pumpkins, squash, nuts, berries, dry leaves, ac acorns or acorns, mulled cider, wine, or mead. Um, for me, I actually combine this one with my ancestor altar. Um, you can actually go to the dollar store and buy ceramic skulls. That's what I did. I have a, a old candelabra that ha is supposed to be like for three candles. And I put, I painted these, uh, skulls black and I put it on there and for me it's trippy, but that's what it's used for. You know, it does symbolize uh, Samhain, but it also symbolizes so much more than just Samhain. Um, I actually know another thing that uh, you, if you haven't tried this already, try it next year. It's so fun. So my daughter and I started collecting acorns or acorns um, at the beginning of fall, because 
at the beginning of fall, that means like like the first ones that fall, you put them in your pocket and carry them around, and they help financial you know financial situations. And we've been doing that now. We've also have quite a few, like couple weeks ago my boyfriend started laughing because I collected like so many at my daughter's school that he's like what you gonna do with those I'm gonna go plant trees okay I'm gonna go make me trees like you know reality I put them actually on my altar um it's fun you know it's it's really good It, it brightens my mood which may sound crazy but you know what anything that helps right in a mood is so much better um the third thing that was on there was a saw wind ceremony now this is for the family um like a get it could be a get together but it can also just be a you know family dinner that you would have almost every night um now what you would do is prepare a meal Focusing on fruits and vegetables and wild game meat. So like venison or boar or buffalo. No, I'm hoping you guys aren't actually killing these poor things. But if you are, more power to you. Um, include a loaf of dark bread. Um, dark bread like rye or pumpernickel would be great. And a cup of apple cider or wine now you're gonna set your dinner table with candles and a fall centerpiece but before um before eating everyone is like would say tonight is the first of three nights on which we celebrate Samhain it is the end of the harvest, the last day is the summer, and the cold nights wait on the other side for us. The bounty of our labor, the abundance of the harvest, the success of the hunt, all lies before us. We thank the earth for all it has given us this season and yet we look forward to winter a time of sacred darkness now remember that cup that you filled up earlier yeah you're gonna take that with your loved ones outside and you're gonna either go to a you know your personal garden or a grassy area um each one of you is going to sprinkle um, from the cup, you know, sprinkle some of that apple cider, mead, uh, wine on the ground from that cup. And as you do, you're going to say, summer is gone, winter is coming. We have planted and we have watched the garden grow. We have weeded and we have gathered the harvest. 
Now it is at its end. While you are outside, collect any uh, yard trimmings or dead plants and use them to make a straw man or a woman. Um, depending as to which way you want to go, some of sometimes we have a masculine um, god that we do pray to. Some of us have a feminine goddess that we pray to. You know, um, the god will end up being your king of winter, and the goddess would be your crone in winter. Um, once that is done, please bring your deity inside and I place them on the table and prop them up with a plate of their own. So give them offering. Um, begin your meal with the breaking of the bread and toss any of the leftovers that you may have. So like the crumbs. Um, if you're like me, you're going to have a lot of, like, you're going to eat most of the bread and you're going to have, like, crumbs. You know, toss it outside, you know. Feed the birds. Feed the planet. Keep the deity in a place of honor all season long. And then when you are done eating your meal, place um, your leftovers again. Your leftover of your meat or anything outside um, as a offering to the deceased. Four. So I did, like I said, I separated um, the making of an altar and making of an ancestor altar, which is, like I said, our number four making of the ancestor altar. So, ancestor altars can be pictures, heirlooms, and other mementos of the deceased family, friend, and or pet. Now, for me, any pets that I have owned, those are either my children. They are, um, I used to have a beautiful dog named Harley, which I miss every day. Um, she was like my mama. I miss her so much. Uh, she lived to be 21, so she lived a good life. Um, you know, anything that is family to you that has passed, that is an ancestor. Um, now you can arrange like your altar on a table on mine's on a metal bookshelf. Um, I actually have this bookshelf where the top is actually my ancestor, um, uh, we call it my ancestor altar. And then um, underneath it, I have my incense that I do burn for them. And um, underneath that, I have my books um, that I'm using for schooling and work purposes. So, you know, you can use really anything as long as it is a clear surface. Um, light candles in their honor um you can either speak their names out loud for me i do it quietly um i will like i don't burn candles i burn incense um 
I will explain, you know, more about what I really do here in a minute. Um, but, it, you know, express your wishes, well wishes, and thank them for really being part of your journey. Thank them for being part of your lineage. Because if it wasn't for your ancestors, you would not be you. You would most likely not be born. So it's, you know, be thankful. You know, as you're in front of a fire or, um, like for me, like I said, incense, sit quietly and pay attention to what you experience. Now, like I said, I tend to do mine a little differently, um, which I got very thankful for my boyfriend. Because he actually joined in um, in taking care of my ancestors. Now, like I said, they're deceased. How did he take care of them? So he was out here, as you guys know. He left um, Tuesday, sadly. I miss him. But he was out here. Um, and every time he made coffee, he would give my ancestors a first cup. And I, I do that when I can, you know, when my mind isn't so foggy, I really do it, um, to give them the first sip. They have my honor, um, and for him to do it, that, it means a lot. So, if you're a significant other, and you're, you're, you know, man, wife, you know, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, your significant other is so interested in it. It mean it will mean ten times more to them to participate. Um, like I said, my boyfriend did this to like for me, and it just it really opened my eyes, and it made me fall even more in love with him than I already am. Because I wasn't expecting him to be like, hey, I made your, you know, ancestors some coffee this morning. Thank you. I appreciate you more than you know. So, Kenneth, if you're listening to this, I hope you're listening to this. I do appreciate you for doing that. Um, but wait, another thing that I do for my ancestors is I do light sage incense. And I'll sit there for a minute. And quietly, I say thank you. Thank you for making me me. Thank you for your hard work. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for everything you have done. Um, you know, I sit there for a while. And just quietly, you know, breathe in. Uh, they're coming, they're, you know, they're going, excuse me, I'm still yawning, <laughs> but, you know, I, I do breathe it in, because it, it, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them, I believe that there is a thing called karmic debt, now up on my altar, I have a little plate that I fill with money, um, 
reality, it's mainly pennies, but no one takes from that plate. My daughter doesn't even take from that plate because she understands the karmic value of it. We are paying off their karmic debts. Um, you know, I want them to be able to move on into their happy lives, you know, on the other side. I think that's everybody's greatest passion. Um, okay, so number five, guide the spirits. Now, I didn't know about this because I tend to do this, but like I said, I didn't know about it. Um, place a white seven-day candle in the window to guide the deceased to the spirit world. As you light the candle, speak the words, O little flame that burns so bright, be a beacon on this night. Light the path for all the dead, that they may see now what's ahead, and lead them to the summer land, and shine until Pan takes their hands. And with your light, please bring them peace, that they may rest and sleep with ease. You know, guiding the spirits to the other side. Sorry, once again, I'm yawning still. Um, guiding them to the other side is huge, huge, you know. It's such a remarkable thing when they pass over. Now, our ancestors can come and go, though. I call upon mine when I need help. Um, You know, like, especially when I need assistance in clearing my own mind from my own mental disorders. They come now me having them pass over like with the rest of them is huge it's huge um, but like I said ancestors can come and go but it's always good to help them find that light help them find the peace that they've been needing number six is very self-explanatory visit a cemetery um, cemeteries are honestly beautiful to me. I love the way they just feel. Um, I love the history of them. You know, leave offerings to your loved ones. You know, it's the same way as take care of their grave. Not just theirs, but I mean, I, I've done it in my past where I have cleaned off gravestones, you know, give them the respect, you know, that's all we ask for is give them the respect. Seven, hit your pause button. Uh, Reflect on your year, the good, the bad, and make peace with it. So, y'all, I'm going to 
reflect right now with you guys. Um, so my good out of this year is uh, I'm actually going to be two years sober from a drug addiction. Um, I was a drug addict for a very long time, a very long time. So being two years sober makes me proud. I'm actually here in, like, on the third, I will be 23 months sober. I'm very proud of myself because it's a lot of dedication. Um, not only that, but I am, you know, still working hard in my schooling. Um, I have a phenomenal boyfriend. Phenomenal boyfriend. He is literally... The God's gift to me. I truly believe this. He is so good to me. Um, after so much hatred that I've been through in the past. Um, it's another good thing that's happened this year. Oh, that's right. My business of this podcast. If it wasn't for you listeners, this podcast would not be going. Um, so I appreciate you guys so much, so much. Um, my business is up and running for Healing Energies. It's a beautiful ministry. Um, as you guys can tell, because I give you guys the lowdown with each and every podcast episode. Um, so really thank you to you guys for making this year so great, so great. Um. I have been doing a lot this year. Wow. Um, the bad is I've I've overcome well, it's good and bad. So I've overcome a lot of pain this year. A lot of pain. Um earlier in the year. I was raped. But like I said, I've overcome it. I really have. Um, my PTSD is still there, though, you guys. Um, but that was my bad part. I thought I knew what love was at the beginning of the year, and I sure fucking didn't. Excuse my language. Um, but I didn't. It was really just something else. So I apologize for that trigger. I should have given a trigger warning. Um. But that's really the only bad I can think of. I mean, I, I cut my cords with my parents this year, too, which could be a good and bad thing. Um, but those were, like, really the only bad things. Like, for me, I've had a lot of good things this year come about. Um, and I'm so thankful for it. Um, each good and bad thing... is to me, is a lesson. You know, what did I need to learn? And evidently, I needed to learn a lot. And I did learn a lot. Um, Blessings come as well as um, the tragedy. So it's definitely big, you know. But my biggest and most favorite one is that I have you guys listening and 
interested in what I have to say. You know, that means a lot to me. It means so much to me. Because if it wasn't for you guys wanting to be healed, it would definitely, it would be something different, you know? So, thank you. Thank you, you guys, so much. Um, the next one, again, another self-explanatory one, is hold a seance. So, that's number eight, is hold a seance. Uh, communicate with the deceased. Um, the next one after that is bonfire magic. Now, I know my business partner, Jamie, um, who's more of, she's been on here a couple of times. She's more family to me than anything. Um, she does bonfires. Which, gosh, I want to join her on her bonfires. I do. So that would be, that would be fun. That would be so much fun. Um, now, bonfire magic can actually be something else, too. It could just be a uh, release, releasing magic. So what you would do is you'd have... Uh, you know, a piece of paper, something to write on and something to write with, right? And you write down what no longer serves you. And then you throw it into the fire. You free yourself. And as you were freeing yourself, you imagine yourself adopting and manifesting a new healthy replacement. So beautiful. You do this with bay leaves. Bay leaves help so much. Um, they're beautiful to watch burn, too. Um, if you're holding on to old letters, throw those into the fire. You don't need them. Especially if they're not, like, if at least if they're not serving you, I should say. Now, if it's from grandma and grandpa that ended up passing... Please keep those. Don't throw those into the fire. But if it's like from an ex or to you from an ex, get rid of that. Um, another way that, like how I personally like doing it, is I write letters to certain people that have done me some damage. Um, like I said, I write those letters I throw them into the fire now I just realized that my recorder will only let me do an hour at a time so I'm gonna finish up this one you know uh, stay tuned because right after this I'm gonna do that part two please stay tuned um and then we're gonna continue on divinatory guidance divine uh invocations herbs and spices um and then we're going to get into it, a phenomenal past life regression so please stay tuned um if you have any questions so far as to what i have said you know please email me it's healing energies that's h-e-a-l-i-n-g 
E-N-E-R-G-E-S at gmail.com.